Good morning, everyone. It's good to see everyone this morning. A little introduction this morning. I don't know what everybody's going to be doing tomorrow afternoon, but just figure it tomorrow and you drive home, whether you're driving home or riding home on your bicycle, whatever you do, after you finish your day, your mind wanders to the events, the day at work or at school, you wonder what's going to be for dinner, you wonder the kind of day your loved ones had, wonder what you're going to face when you walk in the door, the mail you're going to have, all the expectations you might have of the evening. You reach down and you turn on a little music to make the ride home a little easier. You're doing this, your mind is kind of free, as you usually should be on your way home from work. All of a sudden you hear something you never heard before. You hear a loud noise. You don't really know what's going on. You see people pulling over and stopping. And you stop. You pull over like they do to look and see what's going on. It's happening above you. So you all could look up. What you see has never before been seen. Before all is Christ. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. At that point, you know the end of the world's come. Nothing else matters at that point right then. Nothing else will matter at all. All posturing, the games of life will end. All your worries, your school reports, the stock markets, what's for dinner, appointments, nothing will be important on this earth anymore. All skies will be on above. It says Revelation 1, 7, 8. The Bible says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. The also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth will wail because of him. <clears throat> Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come, the Almighty. So when this moment happens, how would you feel? What would go through your mind? Be honest with yourself, in that really short time frame. What would go through your mind? Maybe discomfort? <clears throat> a bit uncomfortable? That'd be a good choice for most of us. Uncomfortable knowing your mistakes are about to be revealed in the presence of Christ with you and him only. The unknown will be made known. All your secrets going to be there. In Matthew 12 and 36, the Bible says this, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they should give account thereof in the day of judgment. Also in Matthew 10 and 26, Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be made known. You know God is holy, and maybe you're not. A little discomfort. You might have that. That might be normal. That's where some of us could use. What about confused? Be confused a little bit. This isn't what's supposed to happen. Many people have heard about the 2,000-year reign, the Antichrist, and all number ending in 666, all these different things. You're confused. That's all supposed to happen first. It hasn't. This happens. All that doesn't matter at all. Everything would not be important. All those little things you worried about like that would not be important at all. Fear? Fear would be it for a lot of people. <clears throat> fear of the uncertain, fear of the unknown. As we went to elementary school to middle school, those fears you had, if you remember those, I can remember. I'm 66. I remember the fears I had going. Fear of the unknown, a common reaction. Also fear of not being ready. Fear of what you needed to do, and you can't do it now. A fear of what you have done, and you haven't had a chance to make it right. But to a loved one, whatever it may be. Fear would be one reaction for most people. Another reaction would be panic by a lot of people. 
We need to be in this mindset for it. I'm prepared for it. No, it's too late to do anything about it. I was a kid watching those old Godzilla movies and all the, him coming through town and all the people screaming and running out of town and all those kinds of things. That's in a movie, but let's read what Revelation chapter 6, verses 15 to 17 says. The kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bomb and every free man hid themselves in the dens and the rocks and mountains, said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us in the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come. Who should be able to stand? That's not a movie. Christ is here. Life as we know it is over. No redo, no corrections, no excuses, no escape. Surprise. Many of you surprised. They live in a sense of false security. They all think they're okay. They think they know it all. All of a sudden things happen and they don't know it all. Matthew 7, 21 through 23, the Bible says this. Then when the saith unto me, Lord, Lord, she in the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And he will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In the name of cast out devils, and thy name done many wonderful works. Then when I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Surprise be word used by many. So few I know that be like that. They think they're saved. They think they got it made. I know really well. I know their lifestyle. I know what they say. I know there's two different things. Don't be surprised. This morning, do a true self-examination today as I give this lesson. If you're a Christian, good. What kind of a Christian are you? Are you ready for that day? If not, why? You know, whether death is of natural causes or accidental, or come to the end of the world, think of where you stand. I thought this lesson would be timely considering the basketball great. We just lost Kobe Bryant. People all over the world have been talking about that, how sad it is. They've really been talking about the Christian aspect. We're going to go through some words like comfort and hope in our lesson this morning. That death should give us. That's what a lot of people are getting. They're not getting comfort. They're not getting hope through that. What's important? With helicopter crash, what was important? That time for him. There's one more reaction. Relief that it's over. We're ready. We're happy. That's how we should be. That's what I'm going to teach on this morning. We should anticipate that day with gladness. We should be ready for it. We should be happy for it as a Christian. That will be very few. There actually will be. But that is how it should be for us as Christians. But for this morning, before we go any farther, this time we get to our lesson, let's go ahead any farther in a word of prayer. In chapter, John chapter 14, <laughs> verses 1 through 3, these are things we should be thinking about. We think about when that time comes. This is the first verse. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If we're not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Let not your heart be troubled. That's such a neat, neat sentence right there. All the responses I mentioned earlier in my introduction are signs of us being troubled. We're troubled, we're not ready. 
We need to believe and trust in him. But do we really? We say we do, but when it comes down to it, sometimes we all have our doubts. A little bit of doubt there. I have really never questioned the salvation that Jesus gave me. What I've questioned is me messing it up. My part. He'll keep his part. It's my part. What about all of you this morning? Comfort, trust, for eternity. Some of those things are really hard to comprehend. Eternity is no boundary of space or time. Comfort and trust, as many preachers say, if not, why not? Easy to say, but hard to do sometimes. But death and eternity, those things are really hard for us to comprehend because those are part of the unknowns. That's why we need to trust the one who can. That's why it says in verse 1, Let, your heart, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. All the issues that we have, religious world in our lives, whether it's family, small things, whatever it may be, we read the book Revelation, we read it, get scared and confused. You know, the book Revelation really has really two words for definition for it. It means we won, is what it means. That's how we should feel. We're going to talk about where it talks about a day to be anticipated. A day of anticipation. Christ wants us to trust him. He doesn't want us to be troubled. So reassures me these words of truth. It's like in a baseball game in the ninth inning, but two outs, and you're really ahead in the score. That's how we should feel. You're ready for it to be over. But in truth, most of us don't feel that way. It's things we want to do, things we want to take care of, things we're afraid of, things we have discomfort with, all those things that I mentioned in my introduction. John 14 and 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. I know where I go, we don't talk about heaven enough sometimes. We really should. That's a positive thing. We can talk about heaven more. In heaven, there will be room for each and every person. Folks have tried to figure out before, how is everybody going to fit in there? It gives a dimensions revelation. How are they going to do these things? Well, you know, no room at the end. Jesus knows what it feels like to not have room for someone. He was born in the manger. There's no room at the end. He knows what it feels like. He's going to make sure we have a home. Trust in him. It says, I'm my father's house of many mansions. So I told you, I go to prepare a place for you. He says that. That's a promise. He knows exactly what you need in eternity. We have no part in that heavenly home. Our part is just to get there and trust him to have it ready. One author said, heaven is a perfect place for people made perfect. Verse 2 is a promise to us, a promise to have home, a home for us, for his faithful. That's what he promises. In verse 3, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. There where I am, that ye may be also. We're going to be with him. Isn't that wonderful? He says, I will come back, reassuring. That should make us rejoice. Jesus had to come back for his own. That should make us happy. We should be make sure we're his own. He would come back for us. Remember what John MacArthur, or General MacArthur said in the Philippines, I shall return. We all remember that. 
When I was younger, I was over there, and there was still memorabilia being sold on that. And the people there still remembered that. It made an impact on them because he did. He made a promise and he kept it, which was very uncommon at the time. Jesus made that promise, I shall return and he will. And really, in the end, we don't have much more than he will come again and take us with him. That's what we have. We should have faith of that happening for sure. A faith and a hope. Notice what another author said, he will do the taking. It's up to us to do the trusting. And that's so true for all of us. The second Peter chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, the Bible says this. Seeing then that all these things be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, when the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the element shall melt with fervent heat. This matter of hasting unto the coming of the day. The word hasting in the New International Version means looking forward to. The Amplified Version, it means longing for. Longing for that day. Looking forward to that day. Not afraid. Looking forward to it. That's the kind of people we ought to be. Scared, doubting, discouraged. That's not taught in these scriptures. That's the feeling of it have, but that's not really taught. We're to have that comfort. In Luke chapter 12, verses 35 to 37, the Bible says this. Let your loins be girded about, and your lights burning. Ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he returned from the when he, when he turned from the wedding. When he knocketh, when he cometh and knocketh, they may be opened unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet, and will come forth to serve them. Look at the attitude of the servants here. While the master was away, they've been working, they're ready, and they're waiting for his return. What is the action of the master when he sees this? He's so happy, he takes the form of a servant, and he serves them. So I read that, I thought that sounds real familiar. With Jesus washing the feet of the twelve. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? The master taking role of the servant. In this case, because he's happy with them, because they're supposed to. They've been working, ready, and waiting. Because of that, the servants at the feast are cared for by the master. Just what it says he's promising us. He will care for us. We'll be with him in eternity. Those who wait will be rewarded. Let's read the rest of the verses in 2 Peter. Let's go back and read chapter 10 through 14. This man of persons ought you to be. Let's look at this. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 14. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things be dissolved, what man of persons ought ye to be, in all holy conversation and godliness? 
looking for and hastening for or looking forward to the, under the coming of the day of God. When the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Worm, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless. In peace. I didn't mention that in my introduction, but in peace, without spot, and blameless. That's what manner of persons we ought to be when he comes. The second Thessalonians chapter four. Verses 16 through 18, we're gonna pretty much concentrate on the 18th verse. It says there, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, the dead in the Christ shall rise first. That we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We're in comfort one another with these words. When I mentioned my introduction, it's happening right here. It says comfort one another with these words. <clears throat> you know, people today try to be so self-sufficient. They have a take care of myself attitude. Leave me alone, I can handle it. I was to shop, it was that way a lot. A lot of guys didn't want help. Leave me alone, I can handle it. I got this. Leave me alone. And you knew it's time they didn't. And you just kind of wait for things to happen, and usually they did. But they were stubborn. I can handle this. I got it. A lot of us feel that way about many things, about life, our finances, and our workplace. Parents, I got this. I got this under control. We feel these things. But you know, when the truth, you get down past the outer crust of most of us, we're still pretty frail, dependent on others. Whether we admit it or not, we really are. We may not want to admit it. That's not the manly or modern thing to do. Most of us are still pretty frail, dependent on others. When we struggle, we hurt, we grieve, we all have emotions. One emotion, simple one, is when a mom sends her small child off to kindergarten on the first day. It's really, really tough. When a mom has to work and has to leave her kid at childcare for the first day because she has to work and she leaves her child's crying. Those are emotions of a mother. Even more serious that is when parents send their sons off in the military, going off somewhere, all the unknowns, worrying about that, what will follow. The fear of receiving a letter, edge of black, as you say, World War II, how those folks come up, knock on your door, the chaplain stand on your porch, or having your loved one come back, maybe not whole. Those worries you have. We have emotions, no matter how much you think you got it. When your loved one does something like that, you worry about them. Think it by difficult sometimes, things like this. Romans 15 and 4, the Bible says this. What say these things were written aforetime, written for our learning, that we through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. There's the word comfort again. This is with hope. Comfort one know what these words said. Here it says, comfort of the scriptures might have hope. How can we have comfort and hope when we deal with life's tragic events? How can we do this? By studying the scriptures. 
How do you know what was written for time if it's good for you or not? You have to know it. You have to study it. You have to read it. You have to discuss it with your loved ones. Discuss it with the ones you care about. It's difficult to say goodbye to those we loved, isn't it? But what we experienced at elementary school, the daycare center, at the airport with our son or daughter, whoever it is, when the military is a picnic compared to what goes on at the cemetery. That's a whole different level, isn't it? Saying a final goodbye is really hard, but we have to. All of us here have done that. Remember the first time that death forced you to say goodbye, you first had to think about it? I do, I wasn't very old. My mom took me to a lot of funerals. I remember the first time. It really had an impact on me. Those things have an impact on you. It's hard to say goodbye. And it makes you think in different ways. Sometimes it's a loved one very close to you. Sometimes it's not. You never know how you're going to respond. You just don't know what will turn the tide on you. What turned the tide on me was when I was younger, I was in the military overseas. It was a fellow we... We shipped home to be buried. And uh, I was the one picked to clean out his locker. And I knew him. I'd read some of his letters from home. His mother thought the world of him, and he was the hero to his younger sister. She thought he was just great. And I had those letters in his locker, and I'd read some of those, and I thought, what is she going to think? Word about his mom and dad. The greatest guy on earth to her, and she's going to get this. What's all this for? What's this mean? At that point in my life, that really made me think a little bit different about death. When I came home, it was a whole different ballgame for me. But we have things in our lives that change our ways of thinking sometimes about stuff. And sometimes it's for the good. If Christ comes, you need to have your thinking the right way about death, not just something that happens. What comes along with it? Eternity. You need to have your mind in the right place. We all have questions about saying goodbye and about death. It's a difficult time for all. Those in church at Thessalonica had similar questions. These are Paul's words to them. I'm going to read more than that. What I just read about him coming in the air. Comfort one of these words. Let's read the scriptures right before those. Verses 13 and 14. But I'll not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. In other words, them which have passed away. That you sorrow not, even others which have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. He was shown that them which also sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. But this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, which are alive, remain at the coming of the Lord, shall not prevent them which are asleep. Then it says the Lord himself to defend from heaven, and it goes on. And what is the last verse again, verse 18? Wherever comfort one another with these words. They had buried their sheriff dead people. And that's what the Lord told them to do. God wants to transform a hopeless grief into a hope-filled grief. Give us a comfort and reassurance. The loved ones have passed on, and for us, as we're facing it, when we pass on, a comfort and reassurance. I have a grandma on her deathbed. She was ready to go. She was just ready to go. She said, this whole world is getting so evil and so old. And she would just, she just, she really just couldn't wait. She couldn't wait. What a blessing that was. Separation is tough, even though we know 
We'll be reunited again that day. Letting it go is not easy. But you know what? It's right, it's right for us to weep. There's no need for despair, is what one author said. Remember John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. It's okay to have emotions over loved ones. Even Jesus did, and that's fine. But remember, tears here, none there. Pain here, none there. Struggle here, none there. Heartache here, none there. We may wonder why God did a lot of things, why he took them home, why we have sickness, why we have these things. We may wonder some of these things we don't know. But God knows what he's doing. In Romans 15 and 4, it says we need to have patience and comfort in the scriptures so we might have hope. He gives us comfort and hope. Let's remember that. We miss our loved one in those lonely days. We think about them. Let's remember the good times and think about that, where they are now. I remember as a kid getting caught in the act. No way out busted. I just caught in the act. I was just busted. This list, I could go on and on, but I just have a few here. But uh, I remember getting caught by the police speeding my motorcycle. Not long I've got my permit, get my permit, permit taken away. Then I got caught riding my dirt bike in the street about a week after that. So one thing led to another. I, would just, I just got caught with everything. I wasn't very smart. I got caught with all these things. I remember in my math class, one of the most embarrassing times of my life was my math class. And my teacher caught me reading a hot rod magazine inside my peachy folder. You know, and it, uh, I had to stand up, and I was made an example to everybody. So I was no way out of that. I wasn't very smart with that one either. You know, fighting with my sister, getting caught with that. We all can relate to some of these things. We've all been caught, just busted, just flat busted sometimes, doing things we shouldn't do. Yes, we know we shouldn't have done them. We knew better, all those things, but boom, we're still caught doing them. But you know what? Matthew chapter 22, I mean, Matthew chapter 24 46. I bookmark all these and I lost this one, so take me a minute here. Matthew chapter 24, verses 44 through 46. Therefore, be ye also ready for such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. Who then is faithful and wise? Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Hopefully we're like that servant. We're caught doing what we're supposed to do. We're doing what we're supposed to be doing when that day comes. Driving home from work, as I was talking about. You're okay. You've done what you're supposed to do that day. Your plan for that night were good plans. You look back, things were okay. That's what you want. If so, there's a promise given to you in 2 Timothy 4 and 8. The Bible says this. There's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. All them that also love is appearing. That means us. The unknown on earth will be known in heaven. No tears have been in this earth. You'll have tears in heaven rejoicing. Those who are fatherless, you have a blessing of a heavenly father. For God will be remembered. The small will be great. 
The unknowns will be honored. James 1 and 12 talks about having a crown for everybody. Going to this death is not the end for Christian. It's just the beginning of a different life. So hopefully when the Lord comes, we will be caught in the act. The act of doing the right things. Remember this warning when it said in John 14 and 2. My father's house of any managers were not so. I would have told you. I'd go to your place for you. Prepare a place for you. Making room especially for you. Only did he die for you. Paid him way for your salvation. A special place just for you. You're special. We're all special. We have special arrangements. We're going to have special privileges. All these things. Are you prepared for it? Are you ready for it? So in conclusion, on that day when Christ comes, what will you be doing and where are you going to be? Maybe you're not in your car, maybe you're somewhere. But if you're not somewhere, you're not supposed to be. If you're not doing something you're not supposed to be doing. I thought about this time when people want to go places, this kind of marginal place. Go ahead, go with me here. I thought, you know what, if, if I was to go there and the Lord was to come, I don't really want to be there when the Lord comes. So I choose to choose not to go. Someplace I don't want to be, if the Lord comes, I usually don't go. Because that could happen. We just don't know. So where should you be? Or what state should you be in? Do you have the comfort and hope that Romans 4, 15 and 4 talks about? If you don't, what's lacking? The Lord's not lacking. It's just, it'd be me that's lacking. It'd be you that's lacking. The Lord's not lacking anything. Do you fear that day or look forward to it? Ephesians 12 and 14 says this, For God shall bring every work into judgment, and every secret thing, whether it be good, whether it be evil, no delete button, it's going to be there. Some say you're not saved by works, we're not saved without them either. Find these scriptures. Luke 12 and 7, For there's nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be made known. And 1 John 3 and 2 says this, Beloved now, we are the sons of God, it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when we shall appear, we shall be like him. We shall see him as he is. Are you ready for his presence? Are you ready for him to come down? If you're not, and you do what Joshua said, Joshua 24 and 15. It says, choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He made a decision that day. A gutsy decision. You know, if you never be another day, you won't be alive somewhere. According to the scriptures, we have eternity. We're going to be alive here, but we'll be alive in eternity too. Where you spend that is completely up to you. We have free will. You're alive now, but trust me, when you pass away, there's going to be another life. You're going to have to face that. You face the Lord in judgment. Your decision of where you go is up to you. Some people realized that in Acts, the second chapter, they had heard the first gospel sermon preached. When they heard the word preached, they found out that they, they were not who they should be. Some things that they had done. Some even had a hand of crucifying Jesus were there. And he asked Peter, what shall we do? He tried to be baptized, every one of you, named Jesus Christ, remission of sins. When the apostle Paul was still named Saul, and he was baptized, it, and I said to him the very last thing, he said, And now why tarriest thou? Arise, be baptized, wash away their sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Acts 22 and 16. That's what you need to do. If you're not a member of the church this morning, you're not ready. You need to do that. You need to have your sins washed away. 
be clean, have a clean slate, erase everything away. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 730 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.